My guest today on the Resourceful HDR podcast is Wasin Pradatsin. Wasin is a PhD candidate in international communication at Macquarie University. Prior to enrolling in the PhD, Wasin completed an MA, Communication Arts and Innovation, with honours in Innovative Communication for Development at the National Institute of Development Administration, NIDA, in Thailand, and a BA, Communication Arts, achieving first-class honours with a gold medal in public relations at Chulalongkorn University. Wasin submitted his PhD thesis crafting soft power in Thailand for examination on the 19th of February, so very recently. I first met Wasin in 2016 when he attended some of the workshops that I ran which focused on HDR professional skills. Wasin is very interested in community development and is someone who genuinely wants to build connections between people and has shown his commitment through volunteering in Thailand and Australia. Wasin has worked as an editor, tutor, event organiser, research assistant, conference coordinator and a music teacher. Thanks, Wasin, for joining me as a guest on the Resourceful HDR podcast. Yeah, thank you so much to invite me to be a guest today. My pleasure. So can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? So actually, I think you cover on my yeah, history, the short biography already. So I'm Thai, I'm from Thailand. Um, my hometown is from, the name is Chantaburi, within the eastern part of Thailand. So my family is a fruit farmer. We grow tropical fruits. Yep. So no one in my family ever did PhD study before. I'm the first one. Yep. That's pretty impressive. So what led you to do a PhD coming from that background? It's, you know, I imagine, was it surprising to your family? Uh, was it something they encouraged? You know, what, what made you make that decision, I suppose? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because the first factor is my parents. They are quite intelligent in their community, but because of the financial difficulty, they never have a chance to pursue a um, higher degree. So when I when they know that I get an honor degree from my bachelor degrees, they encourage me to pursue master. Yeah, and then I get the highest marks in my master degree again. So they want me to pursue my PhD. So even my professor and friends, everyone want me to pursue PhD because um doing PhD is not just about research; it's about learn to be the lifetime learner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but yes. that's good for everyone. Yes, because I mean, once you've done a PhD, you can't just go back to just knowing a little bit. You have to understand yeah. the depth yes. behind things that you might read. That's true. Yeah. And so how did you decide upon Macquarie? So I have three factors to decide Macquarie. The first that I met my supervisor in Thailand before. So I helped organize uh, one conference in Thailand and he's a guest speaker. Yeah. So I first heard about soft power from him and I just do some a bit of research and I know that all oh, they have only three professors in, in the world yeah, who, who specialize in this topic mm. another two is in America so I further do research about scholarship and I found that Austrian scholarship is a full scholarship other scholarship in other countries is not a full scholarship because I'm not from STEM yeah, I'm not a science, technology, engineering or yeah, something like that so I prefer full scholarship because of yeah, my family background and then the last one is reputation of Macquarie because many famous um, scholars or lecturers in Thailand, they graduate from Macquarie. And they say that research at Macquarie is very really good, it's very effective, it's very good. Oh, that's excellent to hear, yes. that's wonderful. And can you talk a little bit um, about your thesis, I guess, about that soft power and what, what that actually means? Yeah, so soft power, Actually, it's about culture. So we have hard power and soft power. 
hard power is about um coercion or money inducement. So it's very normal in international relations because um the diplomat they used um some of economic power or coercion like a military force to force some country to follow their step. But soft power is very new notions developed by one diplomat in America. Yeah. So he said that using soft power is the best way to win the heart and mind of others, not not force or money. Mm. Yeah. So very important work you've been doing. Yeah. But I focus on Thai context. Mm. How Thailand built soft power. Mm. Yes. Right. So how long were you in Australia before commencing your PhD? Actually I I never been in Australia. So when I arrived in Australia on 19 February 2016, that also the first day I start my PhD. Mm. Yeah, so I submit my thesis um 3 years after I arrived on the same day. That's amazing. Yeah. Well done. What were your biggest challenges? My biggest challenge always English. Mm. Yeah, when I first arrived I have um speaking and writing problem. Speaking is the most obstacle when I first arrived. So my first months here is very tough for me because I don't even can speak clearly or fluently when I talk with my PhD friends or even I try to order really basic food. Um, the first time I try to order from local shop, um, near my accommodation in Eping, he tried hard to understand me, but he cannot. He he just said like, "I'm so sorry, I cannot understand what you try to say." Yeah, so I feel so displaced. So I first um I talk with my landlord. He's used to be diplomat in Thailand, in Aussie. So he said that you should practice speaking every day with anyone that you can. So I visit some local cafes, and I randomly talk with people in the cafe. Anyone who smiled to me. <laughs> so that's so bad. And well, you're a fairly friendly person, so I imagine that was quite a lot of people that you ended up talking to. That's really good advice for other people, I must say, um, because it is that thing they talk about language immersion. That's you know immersion in the in the language of the country yeah. is the best way to really get the language. Uh, so yeah, well done to you to do that. <laughs> Thank you. I imagine there were a lot of you know different times. I've spoken to many PhDs who, where you were feeling there were different obstacles or it was very difficult, in particular, as you mentioned, the language, a whole range of other things. So how did you maintain your motivation throughout that? Yes, I, many people ask me about how you maintain your motivation. So I just realized that I never have to maintain my motivation. I just know that I love to do the PhD. So I'm just so happy to come to uni every day yeah, and to finish the goal I set on that day. Yeah, so I just know that oh, it's very hard for other PhD friends to maintain their motivation because sometimes they do it for some obligation, like they be a lecturer in university, so they have to pursue this degree. Yeah, something like that. So they might have, like you had your parents um, wanting you to do this, but it sounds very much like that was something you wanted to do as well. Whereas some yes. people find, you know, the there might be some parental pressure and no real interest on, yes. the, on the person doing the study, but you had that already. And I guess that by not having them insisting on this for yeah. you. Uh, because I want to know as well what, how it's looked like to study PhD. Yeah. Right. So it was an, just an interesting experience for you yeah. all the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah. Yes. That's a great attitude. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. You've submitted your PhD. So what was that yes. like? <laughs> At first, I feel like if I submit my thesis, if I click submit, I will feel amazing. But actually, it's not. Mm. I just feel like Meh, it's like the normal days. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just, yeah, that is an unexpected feeling, though, because yeah. I feel like 
if I submit thesis, I gonna feel like oh I'm in heaven, very happy, happiness is all around. But it's just a day of my life. Maybe because I focus, I mean on every day already. Yeah, on every day pass, and I know that it's gonna be fine. Yeah. So compared to other friends, there is a goal oriented. So sometimes they really focus on the submission day. But because I say my I saw my friend they just. Cheers or congratulations so round when they submit the thesis like yeah I can do it <laughs> <laughs> but for me it's just oh okay it's just another day yeah but this is good because people keeps congratulate me on that day because they know that I submit mm, mm. maybe we need to do more of a fanfare or something but but I think um that's something that's quite common I I've heard quite a few PhDs oh, okay. and then they they actually go through a bit of a slump after it because. You know, in a way, it's a loss of identity because they've been a PhD and that's what they've done every day, as you say. Yeah. That's been a big part of their life. Some people let it take over their life, and then suddenly that's gone, and so they have to sort of reinvent themselves, I suppose. Yeah. So, do you did you feel like that, or was there anything like I guess your unexpected feeling in a way was that you were, you, it just felt like another day. Yeah. Were there any others? <laughs> It's very hard to say because um, the truth is I finished my thesis um, long before the submission date. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, everyone know already that I finished, but I just wait to submit. <laughs> yeah. So I maybe I prepare my feeling for a long mm. time. This day is gonna come. So people is just like a day. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure what to say. Like they celebrate. Yes. Yeah, my success hmm. maybe a month before <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah well if everyone could do that that'd be quite yes. good because as you say you get that uh, preparation you wish you had known before you commenced the PhD yeah these questions I also heard this question a lot but actually I didn't want to know anything more because my supervisor um, master degree supervisor he graduated from Macquarie so before I arrived here he tell me a lot of story yes how to prepare mm. to study here so you've been involved in the Thai community in Sydney. Can you tell me a little bit about your experiences? Okay. So in my first year in 2016, I hardly have a chance to interact with Thai community here. But later, the King Lama and I he passed away in October. Yep. And Thai community here, they feel like they have to um, make some condolence or some ceremony to pay respect to the the king. Yep. So they talk with me that okay, maybe you can be be a leader of the student. And help us organize this ceremony. Yeah, which later the Thai consulate when they know that we try to do something for the king, they take part. Yeah, so I have a chance to have a meeting with Thai consulate, with Thai communities, and even Thai students from many universities. Yeah, so yeah, that's the first time I get involved with Thai community here. So I know that Thai community here, even though they live here for forty or fifty years, they still wanna keep their identity as a Thai people. So they organize many festival and ceremony, um, as in a pattern with Thai people in Thailand. So I help them organize like a songkran with a Thai New Year's or a Noi Katong with a Thai Water Day, yep, along the way since then. So I help them organize many events for two years. Okay, and look, we were talking before um, offline about um, Thailand and how it's um, a country that has not been colonized and how yes. that means that the Thai identity and Thai culture is is very quite pure really yeah so Thai they proud that they never be colonized by any Western country so they can keep and develop their cultures for a long time I mean more more than 500 years yeah so they keep 
the identity, what they should be, what they wanna be. I mean, usually they have many foreigner come to Thailand, visit Thailand, and the king in the past very often. But the king have many strategy that try to push the Western culture out, and don't want Thai to be involved in that culture. So, so there's a pro and con that you never be colonized by any country because you plow by your culture with with your youth, yeah, and origins at the same time. I see this trend that because my friend from other country, they have really good foreign language, like English or French, mm. they can speak that pretty well. <laughs> so I must remember to turn the phone down next time. Yeah, a, a rookie mistake. Um, so you know we've talked about how you really are all about community and community development, community connection, and yeah. like commu- connecting with people. How? In relation to community, have you built relationships within Macquarie while doing your PhD? So in the first period, in 2016, I wanna um, practice and develop my speaking skill. So I joined many student club, like a Thai Lao student association, which is on a different labs, and the Buddhist club, and the leadership club, even the global leadership program on CLP. Um, but the goal at that time to improve my speaking, but the more I know people, the more I connect with people. I learned that the, um, speaking English or improve my speaking is a job. Involuntarily, I mean, you didn't have to intend to do that. It's increased by itself. But the important or crucial part about being connected with people is that you learn from different culture, from different nationality, different story. People come from, even from the same country, like an Aussie, they have different background that interest you or make you realize how people live, how you be a humankind. And you grow together with your friends, and then I know friend of friends. They introduce me to their friends, and I yeah, keep connect with them. I know many friends in library because I work at Kid Four Library. They have the space for the research student, and even workshop. I really get many good friends from workshop because workshop they organize for research student from any um department and faculty. So people come from um different department. They have different kind of methodologies or the way they do research, but we are on doing research, so we share high and low when we doing research, and I realize that many people have the bigger problem than mine, um, worst problem than mine, and I learned that I didn't have to be sad or depressed when I study PhD because many people have many issues to cope with, like their family or they're doing experimental research, but the result cannot be controlled. You know, yeah. yeah. So I feel grateful. Yeah, that's really good, and I do think I get that from you that. Um, Gratitude's a big part of your life, and that really seems to have helped you keep your motivation yes. and keep remaining resilient throughout this process. Yep. So what advice would you give to new PhD candidates? I have four advice to give to the new PhD candidate. The first one is that you have to know why you are here. So as a PhD candidate, what you have to do is uh, make a high-quality research. So no matter what the field you are from, maybe from social science, human science, or, or PO science, or health science, um, what the, the Macquarie expect from you is that you do something new, some innovative knowledge, contribute to your uh, field of research. So I didn't mean that you have to spend all of your time doing research. That's not a wise way to live your life. But you have to know that you come here to do research, so set research as a priority. When you plan your daily life or your uh, annual or monthly life, you have to know that research have to be the biggest part of your yep, your life to plan and go with them. 
um, the second advice that write every day is because as a researcher, people judge you by your paper, how you write, how you uh, express yourself through your writing. So if you calculate, if you write uh, 1,000 words every day in three years, that's more than enough. Yep. And, but we have to cut to the 80,000 words, um, the good part of our research. So we still have time to post and go back to our country to collect data or visit some archive in other university or in other countries. Yep. Or even join some workshop, do some event, yep. enjoy and travel and spend time with friends. Um, the third advice that sets small goals every day. Um, I found it work and it really work. So you may say that you want to leave by paper today, finish two chapters today, or write some section in one chapter in your thesis. And that work, um, I mean, you set small goal and you know that you can do it by your potential, by your capability. And when you finish it, you reward yourself. Just stop, go out shopping, yep. call your friend to join, have some coffee. Or maybe have a very gorgeous lunch or dinner together. Yep, that's really crucial. Um, the last one is the most important is enjoy work-life balance. So I would suggest you do exercise every day. That's important for physical and mental health. Yep, or travel and spend time with friends. That I always say that many times, and do some part-time or volunteer job. I think people say that they don't have time to do part-time job, but I do part-time job to relax, to refresh myself, to clear my mind. I met many new people from more of them are tourists. Sydney is a top yep, tourist destination, so I meet people from different cultures. That interests me. Or do some volunteer, the course that you feel that we connect with. Yep. So I do beach care, I feel I connect with nature and the local people. Um, the last one I want to say is workshop because Macquarie, um, the HDR support and development, they provide um, wide length of workshops, start from research and how to develop yourself. Um, develop some work professional skill like how to present yourself in workspace how to present your paper in conference yep and it's free and you didn't not only develop your skill but you learn from other people and connect with other people even student or maybe instructor Sally is really <laughs> nice example <laughs> thank you Asim and certainly that's we've talked about that too of, of the workshops um, what you just mentioned, that wonderful thing of having a cross-faculty. I really enjoy that. You yeah. know, people come along to the workshops and there's people from different faculties and and that sort of different perspective everybody brings. Yes. It's very rich. Because I think um, what we gain along the way is more important than the goals and what we learn when we walk on the path is important than the result. Because uh, if we plan, um, I mean, effectively or we plan the result going to be good because we plan about what's going to happen. Mm. And and there can be things, you know, there's a lot in career development they talk about with, you know, planned happenstance and luck and so forth. But these things they say are as a result of people talking to other people or getting out and having other experiences. Yeah. Your experience in Lane Cove National Park that you've done, the bush care, yes. you know, that's a very different experience that you probably wouldn't have thought you'd be involved in <laughs> and people might have said but why would you do that because well how is it going to help you but you don't tend to look at things like that it's yes. more like well this is an experience and i'll gain something and maybe give someone yeah that's true because um when you do volunteer it's not about you gain something but i mean which care is not related to my research at all because it's about biology or an ecosystem but you didn't gain directly from the plants but you gain from people around you. I mean, 
the local who's the the rich guy activity yup they from the local they know everything about the local they know the native plants yup they know how people around here live yup and I learn from them I learn from the culture the aussie culture yup that's what I think mm that's mm important which yep. is really important I think for international students they often feel very isolated and yeah and being able to volunteer is a wonderful way to actually connect with yes the country so what ad- what's next for you um, so I have two major plans in the future. The first is a gap year. So I didn't go back home for three years. So I plan to spend six months with my family. I enjoy living with my parents, with my father and mother, with my grandparents. Um, because maybe I'm very important for them. Yeah. And as you say, you as a martyr, you didn't say that you want your son to go back, but actually you want yeah to see them every day. Yeah, three years is a long time. I would certainly miss yeah. my sons in that time. Yeah, but I plan to keep um develop myself. So I plan to work like a part time job in Thailand, like a, a barista, because I work as a barista here in Sydney. Yeah, and work as an adjunct lecturer to keep my academic skill. Yeah, and after that, the next year after I join the graduation ceremony, I plan to apply for the international organization because I want to use my um knowledge from my research international communication to make a better. Better global society, yeah. like UN, UNESCO, or UNDP. Well, I wish you all the best, once again. I feel pretty certain that you'll be successful in whatever you do, and that if you can get into one of those international organisations, we'll all benefit. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much.